Welcome back to Method Men. My name is Kevin Nelson. And again, we are so thankful that you're taking time uh, to listen to our podcast. Today's uh, guest is Mr. Russell Mafumo. Russell is, uh, as you'll hear me say, one of the most interesting cats uh, that I've ever met. Uh, hope you enjoy the show. Computer. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to uh, Method Men, the podcast for men about men talking about men's stuff. And I am excited today to uh, to have uh, Mr. Russell Mafumo on uh, on with us. And uh, Russell is is uh, is one of the most interesting cats I've ever met. Uh, world traveler, and as you when you hear him speak, you'll know. He may be from another country, but welcome to the show, Russell. Hello, Mr. Nelson. Thank you very much for having me on the show. It's uh, very kind of you. I tell you, it's it's. Uh, I met you. Uh, well, why don't you tell everybody how 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 did we meet and and uh, how did we how did you become part of uh, part of the uh, the Millbrook United Methodist family? So how we met was uh, five years ago, I moved to North Carolina. I, uh, it's amazing what you'll do for love. Met a very, very beautiful Jersey girl many years before in 2009 in New Jersey when I was out there shopping. And then um, <clears throat> her grandmother was from Oxford, North Carolina, and her granddad was from Alabama, but she they moved to, to North Carolina. So I, uh, I moved over here um, and I was looking for a church. So I literally walked down the road on Old Wake Forest Road and I found Millbrook United Methodist Church. And I, you know, I, I grew up um, Pentecostal, but I had uh, a fond respect for the Wesley Brothers. So I walked into Millbrook United Methodist Church and I heard them do a sound check. I heard them singing music from a particular church I was from, from Hillsong Church. And I thought, oh, wow, this is interesting. You know, this feels like home. Then I got into this 945 service, which is a contemporary service, uh, sat next to a guy called Steve Roper, was introduced to a whole bunch of uh, men in church. Then Mike A. Heron, one of the Iron Men, uh, gave me a card, invited me to come to breakfast. Next thing I come to breakfast, I meet Mr. Nelson, and then I go to um, eventually got involved with uh, our food pantry. And Mr. Nelson was there and Miss Lisa was there, and uh, the rest is history, as they say. Absolutely. Now, you just said something that I did not know, that you were raised Pentecostal, as was I. Hellfire and brimstone every yes, Sunday. Sir. Brother Whirly beating on the pulpit, I'm telling you. Laying on our hands. Uh, I'm telling you, singing it. I mean, there was, I forget the I forget the lady's name, and I'm sure God will smack me when I get to heaven. Yeah. But she would jump up in the middle of service and start singing, not just t- speaking in tongues, singing in tongues. Yep. My sister and I were this, you know, we were this big and it was, it was everything we, my mom would literally put her hand over my, my sister's mouth. My dad would squeeze my leg to keep me from <laughs> laughing out loud. But <laughs> it, it was just, it was now that I look back on it, I'm like, what a powerful thing that 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 uh, that worship service in the in a Pentecostal church was powerful indeed because my parents actually were ra- my father was raised by the Jesuits the um 
the Catholic uh, missionaries. And my, my mother, um, you know, she had um, grown up Methodist. So if, later on, my sisters <clears throat> took me to the Catholic, uh, to the Pentecostal church. So for my parents, that was, um, you know, a little bit unusual as well, coming from a more, you know, conservative, more, you know, chilled out um, uh, background. But they later em- embraced uh, Pentecostalism and, uh, yeah, uh, like... The Wesley Brothers were back in the day is what Hillsong Church, which is a church I was a part of, was to today. You know, the Wesley Brothers, they were they pioneered contemporary worship. They pioneered so many different things that um most people would look at them and think, these are money changers. This is this is snake handler stuff. You know, this is not cool. So yeah, I didn't know that you were uh, you had grown up Pentecostal. Very cool. Oh man, I it, it was it was so funny. We I'm sure you had revivals in in your home yes, church. Sir. There was a there was a young singing group there, and you know children and were supposed to be in the pew, but you were to be seen, not heard. Not heard. And, That's right. And we were. It was this was a late Sunday night, and the the revival was getting over, and they were all down at the front praying, and the singing group was in a circle, and the one one girl, one of the ladies that had been singing, just shouted at the top of her lungs. It sounded like she said "Shunda Bakunda," and I mean, boom! She went flat on her back, just boom, flat on her back. Yep. And again, my sister and I were like, "What in the world?" So we got home from church. We ran into her bedroom. She stood at <laughs> the end of the bed, and I touched her. I, I touched her on the forehead. And went Shunda Bakunda, and she'd fall back on the bed. <laughs> oh, too funny! Good stuff. So, so listen, you you obviously were raised in a Christian home. Yes, sir. I was. How? What kind of influence has that had in your life growing up? Well, Kevin, I would not even know where to stand, where to start from, you know, being raised in a Christian home. Eventually what happened was, you know, my father uh, worked for the United Nations. So we, we traveled the world. We went to many different countries, you know, the Middle East, uh, all over Africa, Argentina, uh, Australia, and the foundations of being raised in a Christian home could not have been more important in the later years of my life as I would then go to flight school. I would then move to go live um, in South Africa and Zimbabwe at a place called Wanget National Park by myself. I went to learn how to fly helicopters and, uh, and aeroplanes. And I um, grew up in a very sheltered environment and not to say that in a bad way, but I was protected. I was grew up in an environment whereby, you know, I was taught manners. Yes, sir. No, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, I was taught honor and respect. You hold the door for ladies. You respect, you know, your friends and your family. But um, going to flight school and then uh, just before going to flight school, actually taking a gap year to travel the world, I saw another world outside of what I was raised in, just, um, you know, seeing people, for instance, uh, use narcotics, seeing people, you know, on the streets of some of the big cities around the world that were um, not living a godly life. So that 
to me was a very big culture shock. And um, I look back and I look at some of my friends who are not here now or who may not have made it to what they wanted to be because they fell by the wayside or they were allured by the world and got caught by the proverbial bird trap. And I thank God that um, those foundations that were and those values on those ethics and morals that were installed at a young age um, helped me navigate and avoid, you know, potential catastrophes. Like any child, I was not perfect. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think my parents and I think, you know, it was probably like you, Kevin. It, we say that it takes a village to raise a child. I had a lot of aunties and a lot of uncles, you know, and some people you just, I just um, even stopped asking mommy how we related to him or how we related to them. You just got told that's your auntie. And if they saw you, you know, say 10, 5 miles, 10, 15 miles away from home and you were do some, doing something, they'd give you a clip around the ear, you'd get whacked. By the time you got home, the news had got home that, you know, Russell was getting up to no good. And then you would get, you know, disciplined again. So being raised in a Christian family um, is, that's the only reason why I'm still here. And after 18 years of aviation, um, I, I, I don't think I'd be here if I didn't have those values and those morals. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I know you're a, you're, you're a bit of a sports fan, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> I, we won't hold it against you that you're a Patriots fan living in <laughs> But I, I got a new uh, daily devotion uh-huh. that I just started, and it's uh, written by by Coach Dungy. No way. Tony Dungy, yes. And and uh, hey. today's devotion, uh-huh. when I was reading, I went, well, oh, this is perfect because I'm going to yeah. have this conversation with Russell today. But it... It talks about the best role model who ever lived, mm. right? And I have to ask you the question, who is the, if you if you can pick a person yeah. that was the best role model, in, I shouldn't say they, the person, the role models that you've had throughout your life, because we all know that that changes as you get older, but yeah. who are those role models in your life that, that have been significant? Wow, that's a that's a big question. Um, first and foremost, I have to say my dad. I, I love my dad. My dad was a phenomenal man. He's um, very much uh, like you, uh, Kevin. Just full of energy, full of life. Um, he loved the Lord, and he he was what most people would call a polymath. He was just uh, a genius in numerous different subjects but so humble with it. And um, he was more interested in just bringing people up. And, um, you know, my father's gone on to be with the Lord now. And when he passed away, some of the stories that we heard, you know, people saying he paid our mortgage off. Uh, he paid all my education off. People say he bought me my first car. And my mother was like, I knew some of this stuff, but some of the stuff I never knew. You know, all sorts of things. So my dad was definitely my, my role model. Another role model. And, and, you know, obviously we put Christ to one side. Christ is in a class of his own. But uh, Billy Graham. Billy Graham was, um, I love Billy Graham. He, I, I guess uh, one of the reasons why I always wanted to visit North Carolina was Billy Graham and the Wright brothers. So when my then, the girl I was trying to court, court who is now my wife, then said she's moving to North Carolina. 
that was a no-brainer because I always wanted to come here and see Billy Graham. But Billy Graham, um, wow, what a man. I mean, I, even to this day, I read his books, I watch his sermons, and he really had a profound impact on me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, this this uh, this devotion was uh, it, it it was quite good, and and uh, at the bottom of each page, it gives you an uncommon key, right? Okay. And it says, "Today and every day, remember that you are a personal representative of Jesus Christ." And you said a while ago, "We're gonna we're gonna sit Christ over to the side." Well, Jesus Christ is the role model, right? Yes, sir. That we're all trying to live up to. Absolutely. Right, but. Back in the uh, the text of the devotion, it said something that I've never it it's never been worded this way. I've always heard which we, we want to be the hands and feet of Christ, uh-huh. right? Yep. But in here it says that God has a purpose in shaping us to be like Jesus. We become His influence, His hands and heart for everyone around us. Hands and heart, not hands and feet. That's very profound. I've never heard it put across like that as well. I hadn't either. Yeah. And and Russell, I mean, I've gotten to, not to spend a lot of time with you, but we're involved in United Methodist Men together and, and we see each other at church and we get the occasional opportunity to go grab lunch. But Russell, you have such a wonderful heart for Christ, it just ticks me off because you're one of those guys that can rip off scripture like that. I can't, I can't, I mean, I read it every day and I, I just, how, how is it that when we bring Christ back in as that, that lead role model, how is it that Christ has influenced you to be that influencer for him? Well, can, uh, Thank you so much. It's uh, uh, most kind of you. You know, for 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 myself, um, from a very young age, I'd always want. I'd always known what I wanted to do, and I uh, thought long and hard about it, prayed about it, and I always said, you know, God, if you give me, you know, a shot at this, if you give me an opportunity, I promise I will serve you, and I promise I will, you know, do my utmost to honor you. But in um, you know, aviation uh, can be very lonely, very tough, and very challenging. And um, it, it, it brings you to your knees. And from the get-go, I, I, I realized that I wasn't going to be able to do this in my own strength. I wasn't going to be able to do this by myself. And, you know, who am I kidding? And... I heard Denzel Washington say this, that um, before he goes to bed, he puts his bedroom slippers so far below his bed so that when he wakes up in the morning, the first thing he has to do is just get down on his knees and, Mm. you know, have time with the Father first. For me, you know, walking with Jesus and putting him at the center of everything was a no-brainer because I was the youngest um, I was fortunate to leave high I left school two years early. I skipped two grades. So that meant, meant that I could go to flight school at 17. And um, 
and that was only because I had, I had, I had really good teachers. I had, um, you know, I had, a, I had a supporting mother. My mother was very supportive. She helped me with my mathematics and my physics a lot, and so did my dad. And then um, when I went into the marketplace and, and saw that, um, you know, aviation, aviation decimated grown men and grown women, I only held on to one thing that I knew that would be able to sustain me in the absence of my parents. And that was my faith and my relationship with Jesus Christ. So, you know, everything that I do first and foremost is for the kingdom is to serve him, you know, is to bring glory to the father's name. And uh, uh, the result of that, you know, the word says, you know, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. And the result of serving him is that he's just been gracious enough and, um, you know, merciful enough just to let me be a conduit and let me be a servant in his kingdom. And he's directed my paths to such a point that I got to Millbrook United Methodist Church. You know, if you think about it, Kevin, the odds, what are the odds of um, me coming thousands of miles away? I, I knew nobody in Raleigh. I only knew my wife and her grandfather. But to be able to, my wife was in nursing school, so she, we couldn't go to the church that she had been going to. And then I could only walk to church. And then the closest church I could walk to was Millbrook United Methodist Church. And then to meet the Iron Men, and then to meet, <clears throat> you know, uh, the youth that uh, my wife and I served in. Uh, only God could have orchestrated, and only God could have made that possible. So, you know, for me, I, I, I'm nothing, you know, I'm absolutely nothing without him. I always say that, um, yeah, of course, as you know, my title is I, I'm, I'm a captain. I'm a, I'm a senior captain of 24 different aircraft. But really and truly, Jesus is the captain. I'm just the, I'm just a co-pilot. I'm just the guy behind the guy. So I, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know anything else to do other than serve him and want to put him first place because, you know, I've tried to do things in my own strength and um, I learned the hard way and I learned very quickly that it doesn't work and it, uh, you know, uh, yeah. So Jesus first place and um, to him, I give all the glory and thanks. That's awesome. Hey, we were on a, uh, we were on a call the other night. Yes, sir. And you brought up a scripture passage from Isaiah yep. 43. Uh-huh. And I'm just going to read 18 and 19. Read yep. them because you can just. <laughs> but it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and and streams in the wasteland. Yes, sir. What's the, what's, what's the new thing that's happening in, in Russell's life right now? Well, <clears throat> the new thing that's happening in my life at the moment is church-wise, you know, getting to become a part of this podcast and getting to just uh, do some devotionals with the guys. Uh, we're doing No, Le- no Man Left Behind <clears throat> from Man in the Mirror. You know, that's um, an exciting chapter, an exciting start to the year. Um, Really looking forward to that, you know, kind of like the podcast, God just brought this on your heart. And, 
you know, at a time where we've had a difficult year like 2020, you know, it's um, exciting to be, you know, going in uh, into a new year with, uh, you know, with this new road and this new opportunity, because think about it, maybe if we hadn't been quarantining, you know, we'd still be out and about doing whatever we were doing. But I feel that during this past couple of months, God's gotten our attention. You know, we can have a captive audience, you know, with a podcast or on Zoom. Um, so that's something new that's happening within the realms of church, uh, career-wise. Been asked to help the FAA with um, the FAA and Boeing with the 737 MAX 8. As we know, we had some challenges with that aircraft. So the aircraft has a new system and a new checklist. So all the airmen that are that fly that aircraft have to go back into the classroom and do some classroom time and also some simulator time and um, get recertified to fly the aircraft. So I'm, I'm a part of uh, that. And uh, we have a local businessman in our church. Uh, everybody knows uh, Steve Roper. He asked me to come on board his business and help with networking and marketing and just talking to people, Kevin. Kevin, who would have thought that you can get a job just talking? Talking to people. <laughs> I mean, I know you, you know, Kevin. What I do, babe. It's what I do. <laughs> but um, this is the first time for me. So, yeah, those are the new roads and the new rivers that uh, that the Lord has uh, put before us in the That's upcoming awesome. year. That is awesome, man. Well, listen, I, I, I've enjoyed you taking the time to be on, uh, to be on Method Men with us. And yes, uh, you're always asked to pray, but I, I, because you're so elegant at it, oh, I'm going to ask you to close out this session in prayer. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to, uh, to share with, uh, with the folks on, uh, on this episode? Yeah. I just wanted to say, uh, first of all, most thank you so much, Mr. Nelson. It's a, it's an absolute honor and privilege to be here and, uh, the best is yet to come. I look forward to you know, what God's got in store for the Ironman. I look forward to what God has in store for the church, full stop. And, um, you know, Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So to every single man out there, I just want to say it may look like we're, you know, down and out for the count, but um, the God that we serve, guys, let's just ensure that this year we don't pray for victory, but we pray from victory. Because over 2,000 years ago, on a rugged cross, we were given victory and we have to walk it out. So this year, we're not praying for victory. We simply thank God for the victory that we were already handed and we pray from a vantage point of victory. And um, I, all I wanted to say is, you know, guys, don't be isolated. Don't be, you know, find someone. You know, we've been talking about being vulnerable. We've been talking about accountability. Find an accountability partner. Find that one man of God or two men of God that you can go to and just say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm not I'm not okay. It's okay not to be okay. But what's not okay is to stay not being okay. So find someone who you can be vulnerable to. And um, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you. And if you will, pray us out of this, uh, this episode, brother. Fantastic. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before your mighty throne of grace today. And Lord, we thank you for Method Men. Father, we thank you for this vision that you blessed. And Lord, I just ask that you continue to give Mr. Nelson wisdom. You continue to give him determination, endurance, and that, Lord, he has a heart for 
men and ears a heart for your kingdom. And Father, we decree and we declare that 2021 will be a year of victory. 2021 will be a year of miracles. Father, we decree and we declare that no man will be left behind. Father, there will be no family left behind. And Father, we just... um want to pray for our country. We pray for unity in our country. Lord, we pray that you give us eyes to see the hurting, ears to hear those who need help. Father, we pray that you break our hearts for what breaks yours. And Lord, as we go into this new year, Father, we just want to give you all the honor and all the the glory. And Father, we thank you and we give you all the praise. And we ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Have a great one, y'all. Thank you very much.